You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Hey, it's Taj Alexander. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. We really appreciate all the support, all the love. Just want to let you know, The Open Canvas has just launched its first clothing collection. You can find it on theopencanvas.com. Let's get into the episode. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. We've seen each other just like a couple of times in passing. We have a few mutual friends. But I have been aware just in terms of what you've been doing, um, in terms of the work. And I remember the last conversation we had yesterday, you were like, I'm not like a creative, but like I feel like you really (laughs) are in your own way. And you sort of have created your own business and your own means of work um, and means of of helping people feel better about themselves and sort of work towards goals that that mean something. And um, I think for the open canvas, it's sort of like being open and being open to all forms and disciplines. Um, so it's like sort of just finding all of my creative friends and sort of just like appreciating them, yeah. you know. So um, I feel like you have sort of created your own way of doing that. And uh, I just have nothing but respect for that. And without any further ado, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Michelle Marks. I'm a personal trainer at Soho Strength Lab. Thank you for being on the open canvas. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so where are you from? I'm from Long Island. OK, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Like we're in Long Island now. I'm from a very small town. Uh, I'm from like a pretty small town called Hop Hog that n- most people won't know. But uh, born and raised there. Or? I was born and raised there. Yep. Okay. Siblings. From zero to eighteen. I have two siblings. A brother. He's twenty six. Okay. And then my sister is thirty eight. Okay. So yeah. where did you fall in there? I'm twenty eight. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, so I'm the middle child. So what was that like? Um, that was interesting because in the beginning, um, my sister was the oldest child because Mm -hmm. she was the oldest kid in the house. And then when she turned 18, I was eight. She went to college and then I kind of became the oldest child. Mm -hmm. So I had that like role switch. Yeah. yeah. And then I feel like my brother looked up to me as the oldest child. But I still see myself as like a hybrid between oldest and middle child. I feel that. Yeah. Growing up in Long Island, what was that experience like for you? It was challenging because my parents, they're Caribbean, they're from Guyana. Yeah. Um, they used to live in Brooklyn when they first came to this country, and then they decided to move to Long Island for a better like schooling for us mm-hmm. and just like better housing mm-hmm. situation, but that meant we were going to move to a very white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So when I was born, I was born in a different town. It was very white, but it had a little bit of diversity. It's called Bayshore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was five, I moved to Hop Hog which was more white. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a better school system, but it was just a very white town. And I felt like I would never fit in there. Um, I definitely got a great education, but it was always this weird feeling of like, okay, my white friends feel like I'm not black. And then my, the black people in my school feel like I'm not black enough mm-hmm. either. Yeah. So it was that weird discrepancy. And yeah. I just knew that by the time it was high school, I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right, you outgrew it. I outgrew it super fast. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And were you involved with anything creatively or sports or both at the time? Um, In high school, I played viola. Oh, okay. So I played viola from third grade to 12th grade. So That's that was, up. yeah, it was great. I wasn't like the best at it, but I really loved doing it. And I yeah. became like, I'm such a nerd, but I, be, I was the vice president of orchestra. Hey, hey, hey. I, <laughs> so, I was the stand-up bass in orchestra. Oh, so, that's yeah. cool. 
Oh, that's a hard instrument to play. Yo, yeah. Yo, yeah. Did yeah. you bring it home and stuff? I, on the school bus. You remember like the yes. yellow school bus? Bring it like a huge stand. Imagine like a huge bus. Yeah, people would do it. In the aisle. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, yeah. So annoying to carry home. I didn't even want to carry home my viola sometimes. I don't know how people carried home. <laughs> I wish bass. I could have carried home my I know. It's so much lighter. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And then I also played tennis, but I wasn't like a star. I felt like high school and middle school I always wanted to be like known for being good at something yeah. but I didn't have anything that I was good at except for like academics like mm -hmm. that was where I excelled yeah, yeah yeah definitely definitely so were you like also playing sports or were you just like completely into music at the time I was mostly into academics to be honest but I played tennis but not like seriously yeah. and I didn't make I didn't make varsity really? so by the time yeah. I got old enough they were like you're too old for <laughs> junior varsity right. but you're not good enough for varsity so mm -hmm. then I had to drop that mm -hmm. and then it was only viola from third to twelfth grade and I wasn't even that like I liked doing it but I wasn't like passionate about becoming like the best violist right, ever right yeah. right yeah it's like it's something you love to do it's not yeah. something you're like I gotta become like the, the first chair yeah I never tried yeah. to be the first chair but I feel like I always admired the people that were mm, the first chair because like they it. were the known people like it was like oh so and so is known at being good at violin or yeah. or they might go to Juilliard like it was like a specialty and it made them stand out and I felt like I didn't have Definitely. like some kind of specialty Definitely. Yeah. Did you ever go to like like orchestra performances? Like <laughs> yeah, we did. Like what type of performances you go? Well, we had concerts at school, mm -hmm. so every like few months we'd have concerts. But then we'd also do this like competition thing yeah. where one time we went as an orchestra where it's like you go to a certain high school and it's like New York State. It was called NISMA, mm -hmm. uh, New York State Music Association. And yeah. then you, you play as a group and then you get graded and then whatever grade you get, you get a medal based on that. Mm -hmm. But we'd also do solo ones of that, which Ooh. were so nerve wracking. Yeah. Just you by yourself playing a solo. In front of like a bunch of strangers. Bunch of strangers. Yeah. And then you have to play a solo and then you also had to play a piece you've never played before. Wow. You look, you got like one minute to look it over. Are you serious? Yeah, and then you had to play it. It was what called was like sight like? reading. It was terrible. <laughs> I always yeah. bomb that. It was terrible. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, nah, I can only imagine. That's so like, yeah. so much pressure. So much pressure. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, so I even enjoyed like going to see like like uh, Philharmonic. Oh, we did that too, yeah. yeah. So were there any like performances that you remember or like you're like, yo, this is dope? Yeah, I, we yeah. went to Philharmonic every year. So yeah. I feel like every year I would go there and I'd be reminded of like, oh my God, it's so cool that some people are so good at this and mm. they brought it to the next level. Mm. But then I never felt like I was going to ever be it was there. Your path. Yeah. yeah. But you I just, appreciate I appreciated it, <laughs> it heavily. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So after high school, sort of what was your transition? Like, did you go to college or like, did you just start doing your own thing? What was up after that? So I went to college. Yeah. Um, in high school, I was super academic focused. So every step I did was like, I need to get into NYU. The leading to the next school. Yeah, yeah, like I wanted to go to <laughs> the most prestigious school. I was like, I need to go to like the best college ever. And by, I think by 16, I knew that that college was NYU. Yeah. Like I had to be that. Yeah. And I was going to be a fashion writer. So I used to be obsessed with fashion when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I'm not now, but I used to be obsessed <laughs> with that. It's all good. <laughs> so different now. And I wanted to be a fashion writer. Mm. Um, so I was like, I'm going to study journalism at NYU. Mm. And then I'm going to be a famous fashion writer for Vogue. Like, that was my path. Mm -hmm. So I did every extracurricular possible, like, 
had my parents pay for like the craziest SAT class. Like yeah. I was on it <laughs> and I got in. Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. like the best day of my life mm. when I found out I got in. Mm -hmm. um, I applied early. So to apply early, you have to really have all your SAT stuff done by like November. Whoa. Yeah. And then it's a commitment. So like if you apply early and you get in, you have to go. Yeah. So yeah. it's decided. Um, mm. But I was so committed. I knew I wanted to do it. Mm. And I had done a summer program there in in junior year. So yeah. I was obsessed. Yeah. And then I got in. I was so happy. And I went to college. Yeah. After that. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. so in college, were you fully committed to like journalism or were you also like dipping and dabbing in other interests at the time? Um, I was fully committed to journalism, but... College was brutal. Like, mm. um, I did not handle the transition well mm. from high school to college because I was definitely good in high school, but college, the workload was super hard. It's yeah. a competitive school. Change of lifestyle. Change too. of lifestyle. I'm in New York City. Um, first time living away from my parents. Mm. Uh, I like, I, even though I'm from Long Island, like, I hadn't like lived in New York City before. Right. right? It's right, super, right. super different. Yeah. Um, and I did enjoy journalism, mm. but. I found my I found myself like trying to be super perfectionist. Mm. Um, I would write stuff and I never think it was good enough, mm. even though I would get good grades. But it was like this constant like beating myself up mm. to get good grades, like mm. falling behind. It was a stressful time. Yeah, I could fully understand. It was that. super no, stressful. I could relate. So that like being a perfectionist and sort of yeah. like always wanting your first project to sort of be the final best product. Yes. Know? Yeah. So like even during this time, like you were doing doing that type of work. Like, did you travel at all at all during that time, or were you just staying in NYU? I did travel yeah. um, for junior year. I studied abroad in really? Paris. Yeah. Okay. So that was cool. Like, yeah. I I feel like it was nice to get a break of like New York City because New York, pace. yeah, change of pace, um, scenery. <laughs> scenery, just like a new place. I had traveled like when I was younger too, but mm. it had been a while because I was in college, mm. and it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, it definitely made me feel like I could never live there yeah. like permanently but <laughs> I was like oh that's a cool different experience definitely yeah. definitely. and I also want to say too I was just thinking about just even hearing part of your life story you know you sort of like had the courage to sort of like even change your path oh like, yeah I changed my path happily. a couple times like, like yeah. times yeah <laughs> you know so like even that like I feel like it's, it's worth like acknowledging because yeah. I feel like you know, especially like whether it's, you know, people's online uh, perception of people or like things like that. It's like you think, oh, they must have just done this one thing their entire yeah. life. Or they just woke up when they were a kid and knew exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I feel like all of us, we go through like three or four different lives before we actually like fall on something where we're like, this is us. You know, yeah. so, like, I feel like a lot of like peers and even like people who are younger in high school may feel that way where it's like, oh, it's just one thing. That I have to be great at and yeah. fail at that then I fail or I'm a failure you know not realizing like you're allowed to sort of change your mind in the middle of while you're doing something you know so yeah so yeah no I just wanted to say that but but yeah that's real that's yeah real. and I never thought that changing your mind was like allowed or like option, I already yeah. knew that this is what I wanted to yeah. do subconsciously right? yes like, yeah. and I, I feel like I've mm. changed so much since high school and from that initial one to journalism like mm. I've changed my career path like four times since then but Same here. I never <laughs> thought that that 
was an option. And yeah. like every time I would change my path, I'd be like, okay, I'm not on the same path. Like I'm failing, like I'm just mm. flailing around. I have no direction. Mm. But it was so like harsh and like unfair on myself because it's mm. like you're 21, you're 22, like you don't know what you're doing. And just because some other people know what they're doing, mm. doesn't make your path any less valuable or right. like a better or worse experience. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's powerful. Yeah, that's like, true. You're talking to me. Like that's that's real. Like yeah. I, I feel like a lot of us sort of need to feel that, you know, and sort of yeah. realize that for ourselves. Because it's like once you sort of realize that, it's sort of freeing, you know. It's it is. Like, you don't like because sometimes we we like sort of like imprison ourselves yeah know, with our thoughts or even our expectations of ourselves not realizing like sometimes we're the person we need to take it easy on you yeah know, like, and actually enjoy the process and you can actually become more productive in doing that totally you know? once you can actually breathe a little bit yeah you know then you can actually figure out what you want to do and then you can enjoy doing it you know versus sort of like Leap, like heaping all this pressure on yourself to like quote unquote succeed yeah. you know and then like you know realizing wait am I even really into this you yeah. know so like you know take the pressure off yourself you know it's I mean it sounds easy to do but it's like it's definitely once you figure that out it's like it makes life just so much more enjoyable yeah know? easier said than done definitely. for real for yeah <laughs> it takes a while yeah yeah so so for you like even like during and even after college where you sort of like we see what you do now yeah like you know was there anything in you during your time in college where you're like okay maybe like maybe not even just sports per se but just like even like physical wellness was sort of a part of your thinking um honestly no in college <laughs> i was not physically well at all no, like i yeah that's i really yeah. i never worked out yeah. um i was known for being out of like mm. i was known for being like a non in shape person mm. like i was never overweight or anything like that but like people knew i wasn't like athletic mm. i didn't like sweating just complete opposite of what I am yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was known for all that. And mm. I think that in college, like I had a lot of issues mm. with like mental health and I still, you know, I still have those issues mm. now. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like I was a well, like I, I thought I was living a healthy lifestyle, but I wasn't in college mm. at all. Mm. No, no, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. And, and the thing is too, did you eat on campus? I ate on campus, but we actually had not the worst food. Oh, okay, all right. Like there was, there were healthy options. Yeah, I was about to slam yeah. my, my, my college. Yeah, like every other college, <laughs> the food is terrible. But it's New York City, so they like had sushi yeah. and like all these different things. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I, ate, I ate pretty healthy actually. Where? But I just wasn't exercising mm, ever. Mm, yeah. yeah, and I think that that's an experience even for a lot of like college students, even myself, like. The choice to sort of like live a healthier lifestyle yeah it's not really encouraged no you know it's not really encouraged it's sort of just like meant to just sort of like be on this hamster wheel and sort of produce and not really take care of yourself yeah yeah not just physically also mentally yeah and uh, you mentioned it like i feel like sort of um sort of mental wellness like especially during your like high school and college years needs to be talked about more yeah you know? definitely you know, even people like us, it's like we figured it out like after the fact, you know, we definitely, you know, had to like grow and sort of like experience things without having answers or without having like explanations. So I feel like, you know, sort of even just acknowledging, you know, the fact that it's it's, it's like something we should tend to like earlier in life, you know, is very helpful for younger kids, you know, so I definitely agree with you. Yeah. On that. Yeah. So what made you sort of like think about like, OK, you know, after college, like, you know, I, I just see what you're doing now. And yeah. Like, like what, what led you to that? Okay, so after college, mm -hmm. 
I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I actually didn't. I knew I didn't want to be a journalist anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had reached my end with it because mm -hmm. I just didn't like where the industry was going. Mm -hmm. And I had done a lot of internships at like Huffington Post and New York Magazine and some fashion magazines like Harper's Bazaar. Mm -hmm. And there was just this running theme that everyone who supervised me was miserable. They were all underpaid, they felt overworked and undervalued, and I, and they were just like lamenting on like where the journalism industry was going. Wow. And I was just like, I'm not sure if I want to do this, because they were like, yeah, people are losing their jobs, like everything's going online, and mm. with everything going online, they need less people, and like, I just didn't feel good about it, mm. and I also had like reached my end of like, the pressure of writing and like I still love writing and I would love to start again but mm -hmm. like I did not and I still am working on it now I did not know how to write without like bullying and beating myself mm -hmm. up about the productivity of it mm -hmm. the creativity of it I was just super harsh and it was just like this negative cycle mm -hmm. so then I went into like advertising for like six months after college and I hated it mm -hmm. too it was just soul sucking and that's when I really started to like not feel healthy because mm. I had now been in a desk job for six months. I had gained a little bit of weight. I didn't feel good. I felt super tired all the time. Mm. And that's when I started like, okay, I'm going to force myself to work out. And yeah. everyone was like shocked when I told them I was going to try to work out because they just knew that I hated working out. Mm. I never... Like in high school, I ran the mile in probably 13 or 14 minutes and I was yeah. almost going to die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was known as like, my tennis teacher even called me like a physical fitness nightmare when I was in high school. Man. Yeah, he was rude, but wow. so I just was known for that. So I would go during that advertising job and go to the gym by myself mm -hmm. and just struggle, like not really know what I was doing. Mm. And eventually I got better at it and I was using like Nike training app and like all these different apps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I got better at it and I did start, start seeing results and like I loved how I felt, mm. like I felt more passionate about it. And then I went to grad school because I was like, okay, I don't like advertising. I don't know what I want to do still. So maybe I'll just go back to what I think I'm good at is yeah. school. Yeah. So I went to Columbia for African-American studies masters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to test this out as like a precursor to getting a PhD right. and becoming a professor. That was like the next thing I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then during grad school, I just, it was the same thing as college. I was just like, this is very challenging and like I didn't feel passionate about it like I felt passionate about the subject matter of right. African-American studies but I didn't feel good about the workload mm. and the perfectionism of like writing tons it was even more writing and deadlines yeah and stuff. the deadlines so it sucks the joy out of it it just sucked <laughs> the joy out of it yeah. and it felt like I was not good enough mm. and it was now an Ivy League school so it was like felt like extra pressure mm. And during this time, the only thing I was excited about, to be honest, is exercising. Mm. Like I was exercising even more in grad school because I had started to really love it yeah. and I had a very flexible schedule. Mm. So I started meeting trainers. I started meeting other people in the fitness community mm. and everyone seemed to like love their job and like love working out. <laughs> yeah, they were like not stressed and smiling. <laughs> and smiling and like it was a different feel. And then I would go there from these workouts to like school where everyone's stressed and miserable. Different energy, yeah. Yeah, so. Wow. So then mm -hmm. by the time I finished grad school, I was like, okay, like I kind of low key want to be a trainer, but <laughs> I knew that that was not the plan. Like that's right. not why I went to grad school. Right, right. And I felt like my parents would judge me if I tried to do that. And it was crazy and it would be like a waste of time. And like, how could I do that? So instead of doing that right away, I actually got a job offer 
at like an arts institution. Mm-hmm. And it was like a nonprofit arts organization. And they let me do like a trial run mm-hmm. of the job for a week. So it was an office job. Yeah. And no bullshit, I had like an ulcer the whole week. Mm. Like my stomach was hurting so much. Like I yeah. almost thought I had like intestinal problem. Mm. But it was really just like the stress of knowing like I don't want to do this job. Oh, but I feel pressure to take it because I don't have another job. Mm. And this is what I thought my life should look like at an office, right. working at like a good a good organization that's responsible respected and like in this community but I knew that I really just love trading so after the trial I turned down the job and I became a trainer yeah yeah and that was like the crazy that's probably the craziest thing I've ever done Mm. wow yeah what was going through your mind when you did it like was there anything you were just like I can't think about this I just gotta do it no there was a lot going (laughs) no there was a lot going through my mind and it was around honestly it was around this time two years ago wow and I had gone on vacation for Christmas break knowing that they would be get, getting back to me if I got the job. So yeah. I was super stressed on Christmas break around my family. My family was like, oh, did you get the job? And I'm already like, I don't know if yeah. I got it, but yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. So I was like hiding this thing. So, mm. and then I was like doing like pros and cons right. lists and all these, like all this thoughts just to wonder if I should do it or not. Yeah. And then I decided like, I'm just not, I can't like not be happy mm. with like what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I have to, let go of my like preconceived notions of who I am and do something that I feel passionate about even if it doesn't look like what I know to be a real job a Mm. real career like and that's hard because my parents both worked in finance so like that that was always what I considered a real job exactly so this is now a job that is so far from that Mm. image that my parents set out for me so that was the scariest thing to even do that. Mm. And I did do it. And then my, I told my mom and she was just like, I'll never forget. She's like, you're making the biggest mistake ever. And she's like, why can't you just work at a desk? That's what she said. Why can't you work at an office? Yeah. Mm. And yeah. that was hard. It was hard yeah. to hear. It was really painful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so how, did, how did you process that? I think that I had supportive people. My dad was like... Mm you are a super creative person like you're always resource i guess i am a creative then yeah he's like you're super resourceful and you always find ways to like make something work and he's like i think that your generation there's a lot of new jobs that didn't exist in the same way that they did when we were growing up and my dad was like i think health and wellness is like a, a really blossoming field he's like and he knew about like corporate wellness. So he's like, yeah, like yeah. jobs are paying people to like train their employees and all that stuff. He was like, there's a lot of places you could go with it. Wow. And he's like, you'll always have your education if it doesn't work out and you have to do what you think is right. And like that definitely kept me going. And my friends that supported me and wanted me to be happy kept me going. My therapist was like, you got to do what you feel is yeah. right for you too. Yeah. So I think that from that moment to now has been the slow progress of process of like letting go of like who I thought I should be, what mm. my job thought I should be and like owning like who I am now. And like, it's okay that you don't have a job that starts at nine and ends at six and you don't have a job that like is a salary and you don't have a 401k and all those things that I thought was like signs of success. Right, yeah. Right. No, it's yeah. so true. I feel like you're, you're saying things that like, are applying or like yeah. resonate with me as well. You yeah. Know? So that's, that's really real, like definitely. And like even just hearing hearing how you you're, you're talking about, it, I'm I'm really just encouraged by it. Like yeah, really, thanks. like it's it's so dope. And 
you mentioned it too, you really are creative in that sense. I feel like it's it's creative to sort of like create a career or like find different passions and sort of like piece together in a way where people would actually like benefit from it. Yeah. Like or creating something that didn't exist for yourself before. That's creativity. You yeah. Know? And sort of like finding ways to create a life for yourself like that. That to me is like, you know, that's beautiful. You know, so like to hear how you sort of gone about doing that and really connected with your personal passions. And I think that's something that when you even were, were like taking some of the, the training sessions and realizing, oh shit, I'm actually enjoying this. Yeah. While other people are actually kind of happy. Like, I think that's like a sign. Like, I think people should realize that when they're in moments, they could be doing anything. Yeah. Really, and just realize when you're like, your energy level is heightened. You yeah. Know? And like realize when you're like actually responding to something and it like feels good. You know, to like actually like look into that. That might actually be something you could be potentially great at. You yeah. Know? So and compare like- that to how you feel at your, at your job, <laughs> on your commute, oh, how you feel man. when you wake up and you know you have work today. And like, yeah. I feel like before that moment at the advertising place, at the arts organization, like it was a dread. It was like, I'm dreading my day starting. And at first you don't understand. And you're like, is this what an adult professional life is? Just dreading everything? (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah, for years. You're supposed to be sad and somber all the time. And you know, and I I thought the same thing. Even I had had an office job too. And it was just like, man, like this isn't, I, I guess everyone's like this. And you, you know? feel almost weak. You feel like you're, you're clearly, you're just not ready for it yet. Or you're like, oh, I'm just not hardened yeah, yeah, yeah. enough. I haven't had I, yeah. struggle yet. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh. you're just too soft and you like want these things that don't exist. Like this is life. Life is misery and yeah. it's a job at your office. Like yeah. that's what life. I really thought I had to get conditioned to it. I was like, I must just not be yeah, conditioned to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's almost bad when you almost feel like being positive is a weakness yeah like when you're around people and it's like you, you almost bring in a positive energy and like they almost see that as like uh, uh, yeah they're not tested yeah like this. they're being weak for for being being like happy yeah you know it's weird it's very weird so yeah that fully resonates with me so, yeah. so i fully understand that and sort of in, with what you do now like how, how has that been since you you started that journey it's been really good. Um, I, in the beginning, it's been ve- it was super hard. I yeah. will say that yeah. because I started at Equinox and mm-hmm. the pay was super low. Um, the hours were crazy, and it was just like starting a, starting an industry that you don't have a background mm-hmm. in. Like mm-hmm. my education has nothing to do with this right. job, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So like it's not like I could hide behind like my degrees <laughs> or anything like that. Like that doesn't mean anything in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And I almost sometimes like I would almost not ever tell people that I had a graduate degree because then it's the whole conversation of like, well, why are you doing this? Right, right. Why right, would right. you do that? There's like so much more well yes, something else. And people and I've really from a lot of clients mm. and because of the clients that you train when you're a personal trainer, it's it's a luxury. So you're training right. very high powered finance people some creative some like real everyone who's making a lot of money in yeah. some way so they're thinking like you got these prestigious degrees like why did you not pursue a prestigious what mm. they consider a prestigious career mm. so in the beginning that was really hard to hear and then i started hiding my stuff i would probably not tell people as much <laughs> because i just didn't want to bring that up yeah so i feel like the first few months were just like learning a new industry that i was not familiar with dealing with low pay and then dealing with like okay this is not like basically you're no longer 
who you thought you would be and that's okay and you don't have to explain yourself and you don't have to explain to people like oh don't you have to prove mm. to people that your job is a valuable job yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. and mm. you should not let people think okay like the only worthy part of your life was when a prestigious institution yeah. handed you this diploma. Right. And right. that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your whole life. Like, my whole life like, was all that. Of our lives. We were like trained yeah. to like, almost prove our worth to everyone. Yeah. Like, every degree, every class, every. Every, yes. yeah, everything is sort of meant to like prove to the outside world that we're worthy of whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was that person from mm. since like, since like 14, 15, like mm. all of the, like, my parents definitely motivated me and stuff, but I was like very self-motivated. Mm. Like all the pressure to get into these colleges and all, that was all me. My parents did none of that. And like people thought it was weird. I, I don't blame them. Like no, it is no, weird. I get, yeah. I get it. I, get I was it, yeah. super hard on myself. And mm. like my parents were like, we'll be happy for you wherever mm. you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just me that I just had this image of like, this is what success is and this is what prestigious level is and I feel like mm. they're the biggest criticism of our generations and I'm going to use a word I hate like the millennial thing right. is that we want to be happy and mm. that we feel like we don't have to do the some of the like grunt stuff that our parents did and I don't love that criticism because like I think it's okay that we're questioning what adulthood lo- should look like wow. and our parents never did that like my mom and dad like they were conditioned to know that like okay i have to wake up at 4 30 in the morning and commute to new york city and then work until six and then get home at seven and then wake up again like my parents did not see that there would be any other option but that right, right. so like for us to question like if we have to do that to make money is like preposterous for that generation right. but i think that's okay because like I think a lot of people my parents age too like they probably sit at home and think what if I did this what if I did that like there's so much what ifs in that generation because they didn't ever see other options and I think it's okay that we're creating other fields that right. look different than those jobs that my, our parents had absolutely yeah no, like it's, it's clearly it's it's working it's working for you, yeah. you know? so it's like you know definitely sort of like changing your mindset you know and sort of especially I'm the same way just sort of learning over the years just almost like relearning or re like learning how to think for yourself yeah because i feel like a lot of us grow from a very young age it's like our like perceptions and expectations are sort of just put on us without us even like considering them yeah definitely and then it's not until like years down the road that we even realize that these were perceptions that we were holding all of our lives you know so i feel like yeah definitely like sort of questioning like what is a a, a legitimate career yeah what is you know uh you know truly fulfilling you know asking those questions to yourself are really important not just like going along with the program you know so definitely i mean i feel like this could be a whole nother conversation (laughs) yeah yeah, that's 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 really dope so so yeah like i you know even just to sort of you know also myself I, i i definitely like work out at least four days a week and i'm just very like into sort of mental and physical emotional wellness all together as like one thing that's great you know so like for you how how is that played in a part because i feel like you know sometimes you know even as like you know other other types of creatives it's like you know maybe even considering you know you know even just working out a couple days a week or something like that like how would you say that's like beneficial just for like somebody's like well-being just as a person right so i definitely think 
working out is so much is so great for your mental health like mm-hmm. it releases endorphins like it, it just makes you feel good about yourself mm-hmm. it increases your self-confidence like especially for women because you know society is constantly undermining women and saying that we're weak and we're the lesser sex and all that like if you increase your strength through working out you just feel like you're capable of doing anything yeah. like yeah. i honestly now like i hate to say this but <laughs> i know certain men that i'm stronger than them <laughs> and that makes me feel good like i know that i can lift heavier than you and yeah, like it's just yeah, like yeah. an empowering thing <laughs> but that can be for any sex like yeah, any yeah. gender any sex like they can feel you just mm. feel more capable yeah and it's a way to like reset your mind like mm. take your stress off like you when you're lifting you have to be very focused Definitely. because it's like a heavy weight you need to be very technical and all of that can just take your mind off the issues that you have at at home or anything like that so it's super powerful and i think that too like there's so many studies now about like how bad it is to sit down for long periods of time yeah and it's true like your hip flexors are super tight you're probably gonna get a hunchback Mm -hmm. yes your blood flow um core strength is gone because you're just hunched over your desk and texting to you with your phone all those things so if you could even spend like an hour like four times a week undoing all of that like it can like dramatically improve your life and you're only getting older and those things are just going to be exasperating if you don't do any working out Mm. so it's it's definitely super positive definitely and even for me i I work out like kind of early in the morning like, yeah it's really like, good to do that yeah just starting the day with that sort of just like sets the tone for the rest of my day yeah you know? and i feel like like you said it's like working out just sort of gives you sort of like even uh not just a physical feeling but you sort of like emotionally immensely just feel prepared for the day yeah like, just prepare for anything not even just the day like totally you know you could be you know, like about to do something or you you know it just sort of gives you sort of just an energy and endorphin kick that's like natural and it's healthy and it's healthy yeah you know it's totally like, so, so i fully agree with you on that so so yeah like i think even for creativity sake like for for people who do things like i know like yeah, I have friends who like like to like play ball, like play basketball yeah. before they like record a song or like before they, you know, do a painting or like something like that. It just sort of like helps to get some of that energy out and also sort of to refocus, you know, because I feel like the the physical part, the physicality of creativity is like that's a real thing. Yeah. Know? It's not all cerebral. You know, it's like there's something about physically sort of moving your body and how it connects to your the way you think and your emotions. So like I agree with you on that. Totally. Sure. And yeah. there's been studies about um, just like how it's changed exercise changes your brain chemistry mm. all of those things mm. and like creativity is very cerebral at times but it, yeah it's a mix of cere- cerebral and physical yeah. so where if you can get that stimulation through to your brain from working out it's yeah. just only going to help your creative process right. too. exactly totally exactly. Yeah. yeah so it's all about balance you yeah know? it's like i think you know just even like you know, figuring out what combination of all of those things sort of like work best for you, you know, yeah. like maybe you need more physical activity with your, you know, your reading or like your painting or anything, you know, it's like sort of finding what's the balance for you that, you know, makes the sense for your lifestyle. Totally. You know, so, so definitely. Yeah. So how can people find like the work that you're doing and also like, you know, some of the stuff that you've been a part of? Um, you can find some of the work I do on my Instagram. Yeah. My Instagram is Michelle M A R dot Q U E S. Um, and I am starting to do a website to increase my visibility with like the stuff that I do because I do want to help a lot of people, especially the black community. Yeah. I think we have 
some of the largest health problems mm -hmm. and I would love to be able to touch them in a larger way. So I'm working on ways to do that. Yeah, speak on that. Yeah. Speak on that. Um, well, you know, we black people have higher chances of heart disease um, cardi all like all kind of cardiac uh, related illnesses, diabetes, um, and a lot of these things are actually highly preventable mm -hmm. if you're lower your body weight, you know, avoiding obesity, mm -hmm. and exercise does all that like lowers your blood pressure, lowers your risk of high cholesterol, heart attack, all these things. Right. And the thing that what is hard is that exercise in New York City is a luxury. Mm. for most people like even and that's what's hard too as my job like mm. as a personal trainer it's it's a luxury like it's very expensive and in low-income neighborhoods there are no there's almost no emphasis on activity levels mm. but then there's just no act there's no access to access. like there's not quality right. gyms right. like yeah, like sometimes I, when I train like wealthier clients, I'm just like, you have no idea like mm. what luxury you the have right now. The value, yeah, yeah like yeah. a kid from the hood, like they can't go to like a fancy gym and lift weights like a lot. They, uh, I mean, there's basketball courts, that's great. But in the winter, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't do anything in the winter. Like all the mm. stuff that's available in low-income neighborhoods are seasonal because it's outside. Mm. So that's tough. And a lot of it is just like not having the education. Mm. Some of it's also access like to food. Like the you know, there's food deserts. That's yeah. a real thing. A and real I thing. see it. I live in Bedside. I see what people in my neighborhood buy at the grocery store, and it makes me sad. It's like everything is a prepackaged item mm -hmm. and maybe they think that that is healthy and they don't know anything else mm -hmm. and also like the there's a premium on like vegetables fruits mm -hmm. all the produce is super high in these neighborhoods so it's like why should i spend my very low income check on these produce when i can get cheap easily microwavable food right, right but no one know like a lot of people in these communities don't know the long-term effects of this and how this relates to their medical bills all their issues that they're having like with going to doctors and access to health care mm -hmm. so if i could do like i definitely am looking in ways to do that but yeah. it's tough yeah Yo, uh, if you're okay with yeah. this, uh, would you like to come back on again and talk more about this? Oh, yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, I would definitely talk <laughs> more I'm, about it. Yeah. I'm like super interested. Yeah. Like, I'm locked into what you're saying. Oh, yeah. For real. Because like, it, it is a real thing. And I feel like these these issues need to be talked about more and in forums like this. Where it's like, yeah. I feel like sort of what I enjoy doing with open cameras is sort of like just having all these different types of conversations like cross like intersectionally is that the right yeah thing? intersectional yeah because mm -hmm. I feel like you know you're coming from from you know a, a different world from from somebody else who also may be a creative or even around the same age and like same demographic and I feel yeah. like we can all sort of like weave these conversations in together and realize that you know what you have to say is important to, to anyone you know not just like just athletes or just people yeah. who are looking to get in shape I feel like this is like universal information it is it's not it just is. like you know just for a certain demographic or segment of people so I feel like this is something we can all sort of benefit from so yeah. especially within our community totally. I feel like you know having these conversations these intersectional conversations within the black community is really really important it's super important you know because we all think differently we all have different uh, experiences and perceptions of life yeah. that we can all benefit from. Yeah. You know? So if we can all have these conversations, like I, even just listening to you, I'm benefiting from it. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. For real. For real. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, 
that's that's already the episode thanks but for having me absolutely i yeah. really, really appreciate everything that you shared even your personal life i really appreciate thank it. thank you so, i appreciate you having me definitely yeah. definitely so once again it's my friend michelle on the open canvas and we're out bye <laughs> that was cool that's awesome yeah that was, that was a good one to find out more about the open canvas hit up our website theopencanvas.com also stay tuned to our instagram at the open canvas and for any questions or inquiries hit up my email Taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.